0: Welcome to the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast, where entrepreneurs can come to be educated, enlightened, and empowered for success in their business pursuits. Welcome to another episode of the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be joined with author artist, speaker, and coach, Joanne Helford-Solem. Joanne, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great. Yes, we're, yeah, we're glad you're here and we're, we are look forward to diving into your journey as an entrepreneur and kind of what has motivated you and, and kept you going. Um, so with that, you know, I was looking at your website earlier today. And I love that you have the disclaimer on there that you are dyslexic. And if you find any um, typos, you know, let me know. I thought that was great. Just the transparency and just kind of owning um, that. Uh, So kudos to you for that. And I, I kind of, yeah, it's kind of close to my heart because, you know, my husband is also dyslexic and he always says that I am his dictionary. <laughs> um, so I, and I've been, it's funny cause I've been spelling for, you know, my entire life, um, for other people. So I think that's great. And I think it's, you know, and the fact that you don't let that stop you, I think that's actually the point that's, um, most impressive that you own it and you don't let it stop what you want to do.
1: Well, that was a long time coming. Uh, I, I used to be very ashamed of the fact that I was dyslexic, but I was born that way. I, I had no choice in it. I, I just didn't know what it was for a long time. And I was very embarrassed about it and you know, made fun of in school about it. And, uh, and then you know, the last few years, it, I found that it was still holding me back in my business, in my work, in trying to express myself without, you know, besides artwork through my writing and, you know, just building a website and other things and sending out emails. And I have a friend who, she's the typo police. And so every time I would send something out She would point out the typo, and I would jump through hoops, basically. I would professionally have it edited. I would ask friends to double-check it, and something would always get missed, and I could never pick it up myself. And so I said, you know what? I am just going to own that I am disabled, like, you know, with words in that way, even though I am an author. I love words. But I cannot always recognize or distinguish between which you you probably understand if your husband is dyslexic what that's like. You just can't see it, and so I decided to stick to own it and claim it. And it's the best thing that I ever did for myself and in my business. And now people will will happily send me a little note telling me that oh yeah you had a little typo there. And I thank them and I'm so grateful for it. And it changes the whole perspective on it as opposed to being, you know, ashamed or embarrassed or I'm sorry or I'm being unprofessional. I'm. I'm, we're not perfect. We're not perfect as people. And I think it's nice. It's nice for other people to know that, that you're not perfect and and you're a real person on the other end, especially when you're working online. I think that's important.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And after all, we're we're all human, right? And mm-hmm. I think just owning that humanity, that piece of humanity within us, I think you're. I think it, I think it does empower us just to know that you know this is the person that we are, and we gotta. We just need to embrace that. And and I think we all have to work on that, right? I mean, I even I know that but, you know, it's hard when you're online to really be able to let
1: that transparency flow through. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm glad that
1: you. Yeah. Between being, um, you know, unprofessional or sloppy and not, you know, going through the steps and to actually have a handicap, but still try and move through the world with your work as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. And yeah. And the fact that you actually are an author and you're taking that and still moving forward with it. Yeah. Kudos to you. Thank you. So so tell me, tell us about, you know, your business and your where you started as an entrepreneur. What made you, like, when did you get started?
1: Uh, I started as a young teenager helping my grandmother make some extra money. Uh, she worked for minimum wage. She was an immigrant uh, from Italy and she was struggling but she would sew, she knew how to sew and she would make these cute little t-shirts. And so in in junior high and high school, I would take, you know, I put some in my backpack and I would go around to school and I show them, I wear one and, and I said, Yeah, my grandmother made these and would you like to buy one? And I give them the price and I take their order. I have put it in my little back in my little notebook. And then I go to grandma's house on Sunday and uh, I give her the cash and she give me more t-shirts to sell, you know, and, and she would ask me like, well, what colors do they like? What you know, and so that's how it started. That's how it started and i didn't even realize that i was doing that i was just helping my grandma out oh, how fun that you started at such a young age so so do you
0: feel like that that experience i mean you say that you didn't realize it but you realize it now do you think that that experience really kind of um catapulted you as an adult into
1: entrepreneurship uh i think it was a good beginning then you know we do things out of necessity and uh, I was, I went to art school in Manhattan in the city. I'm from New York here. And I, uh, I studied graphic design. I wind up working in advertising. I had, a, I, I started college a little late. I had uh, a child very young. And uh, so she, you know, she was little and I was doing all these things at the same time and trying to, also make a living waitressing on the weekends and whatnot, whatever I could do to put things together for us as a family. And then uh, I was having my second child seven years later, and I didn't want to not be there. As you know, I wanted to be there for both kids when they got home from school. So I said, what, what can I do that could make that happen? I, I wanted to be self-employed and so i had been doing these odds and end jobs and and it came it was coming around christmas time and i was trying to figure out wow well, what can i do that i can afford to give gifts and i made i was making these little hand painted clothing for my kids you know i would i would go to down to the market in uh, the wholesale market in manhattan after work and I would buy some clothes uh t-shirts and sweatshirts and little outfits and stuff and then I would go home and because of my art training I was able to make little stencils and then I would paint them and mostly animals because I love animals so I would do like a tiger I would do little giraffes and all that and I I started giving them out as Christmas presents and then I saw an opportunity because then people were asking me, my friends were asking me, well, my friend saw this, she loved it, are you selling them? And that was just, that was it for me. That was like, okay. So I, you know, I I called it something special. That was the name, I got little business cards. I put together a little line and I didn't know what I was doing, I was just doing it. And so I put it in a nice fancy little bag and I went up to the most expensive boutiques, up and down, I just drove down the boulevard and I went into the little shops with my little bag and my little, my little book, sales book that I bought at the, uh, the store. And I said, would you, you know, I laid them out and I said, would you like to purchase these? And, uh, and they no, no, we don't want any. Every, everyone said no. But I didn't leave the store when they said no. I said, I understand this is new and you may have reservations, but you have nothing to lose. How about this? I'll leave you a set here. I'll write it out on a, on a little pad. I'll leave you a copy and I'll have a copy. And if you don't sell it in a week, I'll come back and take it and you'll never hear from me again. Well, by the end of the day, I got home and I had messages on my my machine. Yeah, they said, Joanne, uh, we sold everything that you gave us. Can you come back with more? We'd like to double the order. Oh, that's awesome. Within just a couple of months, I had 10 boutiques. And then I even did some work for Bloomingdale's through another contractor. I had to hire a part-time employee to help me because I couldn't keep up with the orders. And so that really, that really was exciting and really got me started on uh, this whole journey of working for myself. Because once you work for yourself, it's, it's much harder than working for somebody else, but it's so rewarding too. It's so exciting when you actually have success.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we hear that a lot, you know, yeah, it is hard work, but the rewards are worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, So how interesting that you took like a non-traditional approach to your art and actually put it on clothing to sell. I think that's so creative and um, yeah, a lot of ingenuity that goes into that, went into that. And um, so how long did you do that particular business?
1: I did that probably about a year, year and a half. And I saw that it would, you know, hand-painted clothing were going to not, you know, it was a fad. So um, my husband was starting his business. He wanted to, him and his brother went into business, a service shop, a repair shop, a gas station. And I wanted to help him with his business. So I did that uh, and supported him and was painting still on the side, doing canvases. I was doing some commission work and selling some of my work while I was phasing out the hand-painted clothing at the same time, because I knew that that wasn't gonna last. So I knew I had to transfer and also balance a family, the two two kids and you know, supporting my husband's business, running a house, and then also still working on developing as an artist and still making some some money on the side, so that's what happened with that. And uh, and then I, you know, once he was established with his business, I went back to being more of an artist, a fine artist, and doing shows and and uh, you know networking in that area. Yeah. Wow. So so you had a lot going on
0: mm-hmm. in a <laughs> short amount of time. Yeah. So. Tell me, how did you like balance kind of like what you said, you know, phasing out the business, supporting your husband in his new business, still doing your kind of side passion and
1: your family? How did you how did you make all that balance work? Uh, it was hard at times. And I, I didn't always completely balance it. I felt a little unbalanced at times. But what I did is I, I went mostly on my instinct about what I should be doing at the time. And I didn't, I didn't go to a rigid schedule. I know that works for some people. It didn't work for me. I had to just sneak in whatever I could, whenever I could. You know, I get the kids up in the morning off to school and then, you know, check in with my husband and, and go work out. And while I was working out or walking or something like that, that's when I would think of ideas that I could move forward or plan stuff and and then when the kids went to bed, I painted and then I worked on any kind of marketing that I was I was going to do for uh, that week or that month to move forward. So that's how it, basically how it went. So it it is it's a difficult balancing act when your kids are little and you know you have a lot going on like that. No, plus, absolutely. Plus the, the other thing I, I, I like, I didn't have enough on my plate. I used to do animal rescue. So I used to rescue stray cats and dogs. And then I started working with wildlife. And uh, then I, I kind of switched gears after that. Um, I had gotten divorced from my husband and I was a single mom now. So I had to find, cause I invested so much in his business. Now I had to start all over again, basically and find my way. And uh, and I loved animals, so I, I said, well, if I'm going to have to get a job, then let me get a job that's going to fuel my creativity and fuel my career. And my love of animals was, was the core, and conservation was the core of what I wanted to do. I did mostly as, uh, I was a wildlife artist. I did a lot of horses and things like that. And so I started working in television. I started working with animals and and doing programs. And that's when I started speaking about nature and animals. And I would bring, you know, I worked for a pet shop and I would bring animals from the the pet shop to schools and also um, to adult living facilities because, you know, everybody has a pet. Most people have a pet at some point and not just a dog or a cat. Sometimes they have a bird or a rabbit or whatever. And they, and they loved it. And that was really great too. It made me feel good. So then I, I wasn't just about earning money. It's about feeling good and feeling like what you do matters in life. And yeah. transferring that into your, your whole life, into your business, into your principles so. Yeah, that is so
0: important that you have that. Yeah, that you feel like you are making a difference. Absolutely. And great that as you kind of had that second chance, you were able to really kind of step back and think about, okay, what what would bring me a greater joy in making a living and tying those two together? I think mean, it's great that you have that perspective to kind of look at that and, and make that happen for you at that time in your life.
1: Yes. And so uh, let me ask, uh, go ahead. No, I I just, you know, in balancing it, I decided that I could live with less money, but still live a better lifestyle. So then that was a conscious decision. And I was still, I was very creative on how I did things. Uh, I would, you know, me and the girls, we would muck out stalls in exchange for riding, you know, horseback riding which was very expensive, so I didn't have to own a horse. I got to be around horses. We wind up moving in a carriage house and lived with them, which was a you know a dream of mine. I, I took one of the stables and made a art studio out of it. So then the shift was like from I don't what do I really need? What do my girls need? They go into a good school. They have food on the table. They have a nice place to live, and it's fun because they would bring their friends over. And it's like, let's go look at the horses. (laughs) So yeah, so I just transferred uh, from one idea to another and, and, uh, and just kept evolving.
0: I love that you're adaptive and yeah, willing to evolve. I think a lot of people, a lot of us get stuck on one idea and we're like, okay, we got to keep trying. We got to keep figuring out how to make this work. And and I think it's good that we don't give up, but sometimes I think that it's hard to kind of see through that and realize, okay, let me pivot this other direction and reevaluate kind of where I'm headed and what I really need. So that's great. So so tell me what you think about your journey would inspire our listeners or what they could learn from, from your journey.
1: Okay, it would be a couple of things. One is to not get stuck in rejection and disappointment and also not to get stuck in the, the way you're doing things. If it's not working, throw it out completely and just just clear your mind and make it a, a, a clean slate. Of You have to kind of get outside of yourself. And look at yourself like you would your best friend. And I do that often. I was like, well, what advice would I give Joanne right now? You know, what could she do differently? So you talk about yourself in the third person. Also, I had worked for Martha Stewart for about five years. And I really admire her as a businesswoman. I learned more from her just watching her offset than on set. She worked very hard. And, uh, and so... <laughs> And then when she got in that trouble and she, she wound up, you know, going to jail, the way she handled it was amazing. She was just, you know, this is just a bad rap and I'm going to do it. And, you know, she she just was teaching them how to cook in there and she was just re- catching up on her reading and she adapted. And so then I was like, well, what would Martha Stewart do right now? <laughs> so, and I think that you just have to, Get a little lighthearted about it and and just laugh it off and move on, move on and, and realize that, you know what, maybe that's not the direction you're supposed to be taking, because we do get signals. Uh, I think what does Oprah say? She always says "There's little pebbles thrown in the stone and stones in the makes ripples in the water And then if you're not paying attention, there's a boulder that goes in (laughs) a big wave of change. And so, right? And so uh, sometimes you have to, as an entrepreneur, you have to pay attention to that. You have to pay attention to the market. You have to pay attention to your own life, your own balance, and what your desires are. And maybe you'll be successful. I've had businesses that, um, that kind of took me off track. They were successful, but I realized deep into it, this is not what I wanna do right now and I wanna change it. So that's another thing just so like, are you gonna be doing this and be passionate and happy because you cannot run a business unless you love what you're doing, because it's hard work and you have to love it. And uh, it will take you places if you if you allow it to. So that that's the advice I would give somebody Oh, that's great
0: advice. and I think I'm going to, I'm going to take that and I think I'm going to start talking to myself in third person.
1: <laughs> I think that's great advice. <laughs> I think you'll like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I think, you know, it's me as an accountant, I'm very much always in the weeds and, you know, kind of in my little box. And I think I always have to remind myself to kind of step out of that box and really kind of try to look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I love maybe it, Adding on to that, well, don't just look at the bigger picture, but kind of look, question yourself and look at the other paths that maybe you're not even considering or seeing and be willing to have the courage. Because really, it does take courage if you're just going to throw it out and say, no, I'm going to go a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot of courage because you know how much work it is to do that. And so I think that's great perspective just to be open to that and to be aware of it, just always be aware. I think that's kind of what I took away from what you were saying is just be aware, be aware of how you are feeling, um, about what you're doing, be aware of where you're at in your journey. And if that's where you want to be and just be willing to adapt and always be aware. Mm-hmm. So great advice. Um, is there anything, is there anything along your journey? I mean, you've, You've done a lot of different things, and so you have a very um, versatile perspective. I think that a lot of people don't have. And so, is there anything along your journey that you have found, um, besides the things that you just listed, that would has really helped you be successful, not just in your business pursuits, but in life
1: in general? I think uh, keeping things in perspective, the bigger picture of Who you are as a person, holding yourself accountable to um, a higher standard for yourself, and and not compromising that standard in what you do and what you purchase. And like I I said earlier, I am at the heart a conservationist, and I care. And so everything that I do is based on that. Is am I helping or hurting am I doing something that's worth doing right now um, yeah so that would be one thing that uh, that I would I would focus on
0: okay so let's so let's because um, you've done this a couple of times so let's say you know you've asked yourself that question and the answer is no I'm not happy with what I'm doing right now Do you have so what's your process that how you would go about saying, okay, I'm going to stop doing this and then I got to find out what the next thing is. Right. That will be the right thing or maybe the next best thing. How do you make that transition
1: and how do you kind of go on that path? I do. I like mission statements. I like writing things down. I like writing down what I where I'm at. And what would be my dream in the next year, five years and 10 years? And then every year I take that out and I look at what I said five years ago, 10 years ago. And it's amazing because and, you know, that helps when you are feeling really stuck too to see that you moved forward. Uh, but, the, you know, it's not just. I Okay, I changed my mind, I don't wanna do this anymore. Life happens to you. I became a single mom. I had a bad surgery that left me in bed for months at a time. It changed my life completely. I had no choice in that. So I had to sit down and figure out how am I going to survive this and still support my my children uh, during this time and have to rest as much as I have to rest which is probably where I started just writing a little bit more than I was before journaling and then doing a little bit more with that. Um, I take a lot of cues from nature and in nature, you know, they, they thrive, they survive, they figure things out. And so I'll look, I'll look at to nature, which particular animal in that one case, um, it was a little bird at the bird feeder at the dead of winter that came by and, you know, said, "Okay, you can't lay here feeling sorry for yourself. You got to move forward, somehow, and figuring that out." And I think just writing, free writing without any restrictions, helped you. Also, um, a meditation. But I don't. I don't do. I do traditional meditations, but I don't do them for problem solving necessarily so i will go for a walk outside i'll empty my mind i'll just say whatever you know i'll ask myself a question earlier that day or before i go to sleep or before i take a shower or a bath i'll just ask i have this problem i want to solve or i need to do things differently and then i just let it go and i i think about something else something happy something that relaxes me And then I just move on with my day. And I know a lot of people have experienced this in the shower, in the bath or on a walk there. All of a sudden, a light bulb goes off and they have this brilliant idea. And that's because you're relaxing the body and the mind. And uh, and early on in my career, I thought, oh, if I could fill 24 hours a day, I could really get a lot accomplished. But. What I did understand is you need the downtime to be productive just as much as you need to be productive. And that's my process. I give myself what, I take the cues from my body, I take the cues from nature, and I listen to it. I'll do a little writing, I'll ask a few questions, and then I just move on from it. And I trust that the answer will come to me. And you know, you have your gut instinct, it will come out of you. We, we work, they say, where we work from about 10, 15% uh, of our conscious brain. But that subconscious is working full time. It's working when we're sleeping, at work. No matter what we're doing, it's trying to problem solve for us. It's trying to figure out how to help us. And that's more powerful than the conscious brain.
0: No, absolutely. Oh, no,
1: that is so true. And I think, I love that you
0: bring that up and that you're so aware of, of that and, and utilize that downtime. I think as entrepreneurs, we forget that we need that downtime. And I agree that once we take that downtime, it does kind of kicks in that, that creative conscious mind so much more than if we just keep driving. Because I like you, I often say, I'm like, Oh, if I didn't have to sleep, if I didn't have to eat, and if I didn't have to go to the bathroom, I'd probably get a lot more done. (laughs) Right. But no, taking that time, because so often, when I'm doing those three things that seem to be annoying time takers, it is when I have those brilliant ideas, and just those reminders, um, to keep going and the next best thing. So um, so y- you've had a diversified, you know, success in all the different things that you've done. And you have a new book coming out. Is that right? I do. Evolution of a Wild Heart is the so name. So what? Of okay. So tell us what,
1: what motivated you to write this book and what's your book about? My book is about uh, how we are all connected particularly how nature can help you heal and grow emotionally. Like I said, I've worked as a wildlife artist, as a handler in television and film, and uh, and I worked with a lot of animals. I released a lot of wildlife, and I've learned a lot of lessons from them, Uh, like the little bird that came to my window when I was sick. I learned how, you know, that you just pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move on with life and... And that was really a turning point for me uh, with, that, with that particular animal. And I started out writing these stories down because I felt like they were important. I felt like people didn't know these creatures the way I knew them as almost like people. That they, you know, they had families, they had these lives, they had these dramas. They had all the same things that we do and how connected we are and how disconnected we've become with technology. Technology has become the end all. And I see people at restaurants sitting down, everybody's chatting with somebody else that's not at the table and kids growing up that way. And I felt it was really important to try and get people to reconnect in that way, to to reconnect with nature and themselves because it eases anxiety, it it helps with depression, and um, it'll just keep you balanced if you are balanced with nature we are we are part of it not separate from it and and then as I was writing these stories down I realized something I said well you know I'm just writing these stories about these animals but there were things going on in my life that were pretty dramatic that you know upheavals the divorce the fire there was you know all these other things being a single mom changing careers trying to be an artist that were happening at the same time. And I I realized that I was learning lessons along the way from them. And so that that became evolution of a wild heart and that whole journey through my life and these encounters that I've had and what they've meant to me and giving people a glimpse of another life that they would not ever normally see. I mean, you see a deer on the side of the road, you know, he's, he's like, the deer in the headlights, you know. He's like, "Oh, but there's another side of them that is amazing and complex and and lovely." Uh, you know, they have the same emotions that we have. They get depressed. They get happy, sad, and uh, they are amazing. Animals are really amazing, and you can learn a lot, even if you don't do something like I do and work with them directly. Just watching them. So somebody can't meditate. They can go out and just sit and watch the bird feeder or just watch a squirrel run around the lawn. It's entertaining and it gets you out of yourself and back into where you need to be when you come back out of that meditative, that nature, meditative state. That's so exciting, Joanne. I'm excited
0: for that. And I'm interested to, to read that book. So when does it come out?
1: It should be out. Uh, I'm just finishing it up right now. And then it has to go to, you know, the publisher for printing and all that stuff. So they're saying possibly uh, late spring, we're looking at the ebook should be ready by then. And then the, the uh, soft cover is gonna be a soft cover book, probably in the summer. And if anybody's interested, they could just go check it out on my website and they could check out my artwork too. I will be doing to kind of pay back Uh, I've always donated a lot of my artwork and my time. I volunteered for years. And so with this book, I thought, you know, why should that change? So I'm going to be doing some fundraising for some organizations, especially with COVID. A lot of people are hurting. I know a lot of people have given up their dogs or their pets and uh, nature centers and Wildlife rescue places are struggling. And so I want to contribute to that in any way that I can. And that will be updated on the, web, the website, uh, pay it forward, kind of. Uh, and I want to do it with the book as well as my artwork, continue doing it with my artwork. So that's, no, that's... Joann Sullivan.com. All right. And so we will have that link in our show notes
0: um, for our audience to be able to go out and and check that out. And I love that you're wanting to give back, especially when things are hard right now for a lot of other people. And um, okay, so you have a website, JoanneSulim.com. Do you have any other uh, social media that people can follow you on? Sure, I'm
1: on Facebook, uh, Joanne Helford Sulem uh, on Facebook. I have an Instagram account. You just they can just Google my name and it'll come up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and whatever else there is out there, social media. Oh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, which is fun because there's some videos on there. I'm gonna be putting some more on. I've done a lot of research programs with uh, DEC and uh, I've gone out at uh, banning at midnight in the woods, which was really, fun <laughs> you know study study what's going on in in the natural world and I filmed a lot of it and I'll be adding more videos uh, oh, of course of painting too uh, on you, my youtube channel which is my oh, name great yes okay so you have a
0: website your normal facebook instagram twitter and of course the youtube channel so we'll put all those in the show notes For our audience to be able to connect with you. And Joanne, we're so glad you came onto our show and shared your story with us today. And um, look forward to kind of seeing your book come out and
1: your hope. Wish you all the success with that possible. Thank you. And I wish everybody else that listens to your show great success in their business. I know what a challenge it is, and I'll be rooting for them all. Uh, and listening to your show to hear other stories. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Okay. Thank you.
0: Wow, what a wonderful conversation with Joanne. I love that she speaks to the importance of adaptability that we always like to, to share. And just the idea of this perpetual evolving and being aware of ourselves, our passions, and where we're headed, and being having the courage to redirect and using the creativity and persistence to Not let rejection stop our progress. Such wonderful bits of advice that we received from Joanne here today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I thank you for joining us today in this episode of This Is Your Story. As always, if you would like to reach out to us, if there's questions you have for us that you want us to answer on this podcast, if if you want to share with us, please reach out to us. And always look us up on our website, ascent101.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram where we can mutually, you know, lift each other up and and help each other on, on our journeys. That's what this podcast is all about. We want to help you begin and grow your journey as an entrepreneur and find success and joy along the way. So as always, we wish you all the best in your entrepreneurial journey.